This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey everyone, episode three with Jonathan Twomley this morning. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Excellent. So one of the things I'm doing with all my experts this week, Jonathan, is we're talking about surprises, right? All of us have kind of a, a vision of what's going to happen, kind of a natural change. I want to talk about things coming out of left field. Maybe we expect them, but maybe we, maybe they come out bigger, hotter. Uh, one that I'm thinking about for you and I to talk about here is inflation. I think there's a general belief that inflation is out there. It's coming, whether it's at the Fed 2, 2.5 or something greater. What I was hoping we could talk about with you is what happens if inflation got hot to say like 4%, right? Not crazy, not hyperinflation, but what happened if it got to four, four and a half? Let's play this out for the audience. How, what would happen really? And then ultimately impacting multifamily values if, if inflation got that hot. Sure. And I do have one more surprise I just thought of now, so we can talk awesome. about that afterwards. And okay. I'll, I'll surprise you with the surprise because you don't know what it is. Uh, but um, so, uh, but yeah, so in, inflation, now people usually think of it and, and appropriately uh, think of real estate as an inf inflation hedge. And the reason for that is because inflation should drive up rents, right? As it drives up everything else in the economy, so that you're, since, you know, the value of the property is tied to rents, if rents are going up, the property rises and it's, it's going to keep pace with inflation. Plus, the, the really great thing is that your, your debt is still in old dollars and getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper as you go. So relatively speaking, so it is a good inflation hedge. But that, that is for normal inflation, right? Mm -hmm. When you get hyperinflation, then you get real problems. Let's where, call it accelerated inflation because yeah. hyperinflation will set people off. Right. right. And we've never had hyperinflation in this country ever. We had really bad inflation in the 70s. It was not hyperinflation. Uh, so we, let's correct that too, because I hear that term is used all the time. People talk about hyperinflation and what they really mean is like, you know, 10 to 20% on uh, inflation, which is bad. Yeah. It is really bad, but that, that is not hyperinflation. Hyperinflation is, you know, 100% inflation. A day. Yeah. So a day. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, like prices are doubling overnight, uh, that kind of stuff. Or even doubling in a year, I think you would say that yeah. was hyperinflation. But, sure. um, however, okay. So uh, the when you get inflation, when it's too high, then you might not be able to keep up with your rents because every, every lease you've got, let's say you've got 10% inflation, mm -hmm. you know, your lease is worth 10% less at the end of the year. And you may not be able to get a 10% rent increase to keep up uh, with your, you know, really depending on sort of like your tenant base and what their job situation is and how the inflation is. Affecting also them. rent control. Let's not forget that. A lot of places have rent control. That is also true. And that could be a really devastating thing. Although the rent control, at least the way you'd say it works here in New York City, it, it's, uh, it's not like a statutory, you can only raise rents 2% a year or whatever. It has to go through a rent board, which makes a decision, and the landlords get to come and argue their oh. case that it should be this year should be more or less. I think 
I would actually, I, I'd be interested to go back to the seventies and see what happened then, whether landlords were getting higher rent increases mm -hmm. then I, but I, I would, I would bet it's a safe bet that they were not, they were getting bigger rent increases, but it wasn't keeping pace with inflation. I'm sure that that's probably what the case was. Sure. Um, anyway, so too much inflation is also not really good for apartments, great for your debt, you're inflating away your debt, but uh, you may not keep pace with your labor costs and everything else that's going on. And, and also remember like every time, you know, inflation is gonna raise the value of your property, which is gonna cause your, tax and your taxes to go up uh, so there's a lot of other insurance rates are going to go up. I mean, everything's going to go up, right? So it's not necessarily. So what you want is moderate inflation, like moderate inflation is just like happy dance times for apartment owners, mm -hmm. right? And, Agreed. But if it gets too high, uh, it's a problem. But there's also another problem that people don't really talk about, uh, which is how inflation can impact the value of your, your property. And that is because of the relationship between inflation and interest rates. Okay. Now, if we have, a and, and this also, you know, there's a little bit of the correlation is gonna be loosey goosey here because it also depends on the Fed tolerance for inflation. And they've already said, we're, you know, they've had this 2% target for, for years. They've hardly ever hit it. Uh, but, now, you know, now they recently said, you know, Powell said a few months ago that they're, they want inflation to run hotter and they're not going to raise interest rates if it does. But what's the threshold? The intimation was, hey, if it hits three, that's fine. We'll, we'll, we're not going to raise interest rates. If inflation hits three, we'd, li we'd like it to hit three. Um, we want to reflate the economy. However, what is their tolerance level? Is it 4%? Is it 5%? I think you start seeing unemployment uh, that high, you're going to start getting some pressure to uh, to raise interest rates, and frankly, the bond market may lead it and force the hand of the Fed anyway, because the you know bond investors are going to demand a higher interest rate to keep up with inflation, and they're going to start you know paying less for bonds to raise the interest rate, yep. and you can't have that too much of a spread. The Fed will be forced to follow if that happens. So how does that affect multifamily? Well, if interest rates go up, you know when you get a mortgage, it's it's based on a spread between the treasury, whatever the treasury rate is, and there's a spread attached to it, and then that's your interest rate, right? So th there's always a little bit of opportunity for the banks to kind of resist raising interest rates right away because they can always reduce the spreads. That that There's a whole other calculation which goes into what the spread is, but the sp if there's, you know, Spreads can expand and contract, but there is still going to be some correlation between what the, what the, you know, what the treasury is at, and what your mortgage is at. It's going to be somewhere, you know, the range is usually kind of 150 to 250 mm -hmm. basis points, right? The spread there. So at some point, it is going to push up mortgage rates, and if it if it pushes up mortgage rates, then that in turn affects. Uh, how much you can, when you're buying commercial property, you need to not just pay your mortgage, but the bank is going to say, is going to say, we will only lend you money if your net operating income is at least 1.25 times uh, your debt service payment, right? 
So that's kind of what's what is going to cause the so the amount of money that they're willing to lend you is based on that 1.25x calculation, right? And if that if the interest rate rises and causes that uh, you know that 1.25 to get harder to hit, then they're going to reduce the proceeds that they're going to give you, and when they do that, that reduces the amount that people are willing to pay for apartments. So it's kind of a long ch causal chain, and it's not like you know it's a one like inflation goes up and therefore cap rates go you know go up. And, and certainly a little bit more inflation will get absorbed probably somewhere in the system. Mm -hmm. But if interest rates do go up, if, if inflation goes up to the point where say the Fed raises, if the Fed raises interest rates, let's put it this way. If the Fed raises interest rates by 25 basis points, it won't have any effect on cap rates. If they raise it by 50 basis points, maybe a little bit. If they raise, if they raise the interest rate by a full point, I can guarantee you it's going to have some impact on cap rates. And if they if they go back up, uh, you know, if we go back to what used to be considered normal interest rates, five, six percent, that is going to absolutely have an impact on the price of, uh, you know, what people are, can't, not just what they're willing to pay for apartments, but what they can afford to pay for apartments. Yeah. Plus, it will change the risk calculation because if you can, as soon as you can get five percent on a treasury, which you used to be able to get, why the hell are you going to take any risk? And why would you buy, get you know buy an apartment building at five for five percent? You wouldn't. <laughs> you just never would, right? So, uh, so it will it will definitely have an impact on on the the price that people are willing to pay for apartments. Yeah. But let's, let's sort of also add in the nuance here that if we get sort of healthy inflation, your rents are going up. Hopefully, if you're kind of within the golden amount of inflation, then what should happen is that even if there is a, a rise in cap rates, it should be offset by the growth in NOI. Right. And at the end of the day, you're still going to make money on the, you're going to have appreciation on the apartment. Right. Yeah. And and the longer, of course, the longer you hold that, you know, the easier it is for that to happen. Right. So it's really affecting more if you're like a syndicator and you've got a three to five year hold window, you know, and you have to sell in that time or some institutional investors, they can get caught short with these machinations. But if right. you're holding long term, you're really these things are not going to concern you that much, um, yeah. but they, but they can, they can definitely have a short-term impact. And that's the thing that I think would be a surprise. So a, a spike in inflation, just to sum it up, cause yep. that was a pretty long explanation. A spike of inflation will, if it's big enough through this causal chain that I just explained will cause interest rates to go up. And if interest rates go up, then that is going to have an impact on the pricing of multifamily assets without a doubt. Uh, not you know, not a little change, but like a you know yeah. two three interest rates go up two three points, it is going to affect the price of multifamily housing for sure. Yeah, let me see if I can summarize what I heard because again, this is an area I don't play in very frequently. So really, if the, if we stay in the golden band of inflation, right? Let's call it anywhere between two and let's call it two to four, right? Yeah, I think let's, that's reasonable, think, yeah. right? Because that what that happens in that environment is yes, some input costs go up labor, you know, property taxes, thing of that nature, but also your rents go up and over the course of the year, NOI goes up. So you win, right? Your, the value goes up. But if we have a spike, a surge, whatever you want to call it, that takes, 
you know, interest or inflation goes from say two to six and a half between March and June, right? So a 90 day window, right? CPI is this, and then CPI is that. That's going to cause uh, A, the bond market will react immediately, right? They'll, they'll be the first mover. That will cause the Fed to react. And if the Fed is no longer raising the funds rate by quarters, but they're jumping by halves about at every meeting or heaven forbid by three quarters to catch up, that's going to trickle through to interest rates. Interest rates could make the risk premium on cap rate, cap rate expand. And then, you know, uh, that could impact NOI and ultimately values altogether. Is that kind of? Well, it's, 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 it's more, it's like a couple of different things. So if, if the, if the federal funds rate, you know, goes up, treasury is paying more then basically the, the risk premium between the treasury and the apartments is going to have to go up. So the risk part of the cap right. rate is going to expand, but also the interest rate part of the cap rate is also going to oh, expand. Oh, double. Okay. Because, yeah. because the, and I didn't really make that clear, but both components, the risk portion and the spread portion will have to go, will have to expand because they just can't, they, 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 there's no way that they cannot expand because it, what, you know, what happens too, is if you, there's something called negative leverage, mm -hmm. right? And it, never, it doesn't get talked about that much because it almost never happens, but theoretically you could have negative leverage on your property and negative leverage occurs when, um, when, the, and I want to make sure I don't mix this up because it's, it's easy to mix up. When the interest rate that you're paying on your mortgage is higher than the cap rate on the property. Yep. Right. So when that happens, you actually make less money. You have a lower return on capital by taking on debt. When that, if so, if interest rates go higher than, uh, than the cap rate, then you are better off buying the property for 100% cash. Yep than you are by getting a mortgage. And if that happens, then what's gonna happen is people can't raise 100% of the money to buy apartment buildings. Yeah. You know, except in really rare cases, there are not many people who can do it. So for, for most of the market, they're gonna say, well, I can't afford, this doesn't make any sense for me. I'm not gonna pay as much. I'm gonna reduce the cap rate I'm willing to pay. And cap rates have to go uh, sorry, they will increase the cap. I'm going to increase the cap rate I'm willing to pay uh, to increase the return that I'm going to get, reduce the price I'm willing to pay uh, because they really have no other choice. Like they're not, they're not, you know, going to pay for losing proposition. Uh, so in, in normal circumstances, right? So and that's called negative uh, leverage. I want to look that up. That's what it's called. Yeah. Negative leverage. If you have negative leverage, it means you make less, you your returns to capital are lower. Your returns to equity are lower. Okay than they would be without debt. That's awesome. Um, okay. So, and that's, that's why, uh, that's why if, if interest rates go up, the cap rates also have to follow them. Mm -hmm. And it, like I said, it's not, there's not a, it's not lockstep, but it's, there's a correlation right okay. between the two. Very cool. Um, so then the other surprise, yes, here's the other surprise. Uh, if, if this happens, I think, uh, all bets are off. But uh, if it turns out that the vaccines are not as effective as we thought, ah. or if they are not rolled out, and we're already starting to have problems. New York City's already had a vaccine, right? Really? They announced it yesterday. They've run out. Uh, I think uh, Pfizer just notified Canada that they're not shipping any vaccines to them for a while because they don't have any more. 
And wow. um, so uh, if you know, everybody is counting on the reopening of the economy, everybody going back to work, everybody traveling again, this is all really contingent on the vaccine rollout being effective. Uh, if it's not effective, then, you know, look, we're back at square one. I don't think, now, fortunately, this is not based on anything I'm seeing mm-hmm. other than the shortages, but the shortages will be resolved eventually. Right. Um, but the the vaccines seem effective, but we still don't really know. It's possible that, it, that they might not be, or, you know, maybe it's going to be like the flu shot, you're going to have to get the vaccine every year, yep. uh, you know, for it to be effective. And it's not going to be 100% effective. There'll still be people who get coronavirus. Uh, you know, I mean, this, so it's theoretically possible that this could surprise us out of left field. I'm not really counting on it. I, I think inflation is more likely than this. Sure. But uh, nevertheless, it could happen. And if it does happen, then I think, you know, we're, we're still in the same situation where we've got yeah, uh, that's be being slow, and um, and that's going to have an effect on everything. Yeah, for me, I think that's a horror. That's probably the worst surprise I've talked about all week, because what I think it hits is consumer confidence, right? I'm yeah. I'm the guy who tracks consumers all the time, right? Because they're they're my competition for homes. Right now, I can see them all getting, frankly, cooped up, antsy. They want to get out, and now they're looking at yeah. you know, am I looking at April? Is it May? Is it June? They can all see the end of this craziness, man. You know, we hear something in February about it not being not working or nasty side effects or something silly. Oh, that would hurt the consumer confidence. Well, not just that. I think there could be like, frankly, like we could get civil unrest as a result. I mean, because yeah. people are just people are just yeah. so done with being cooped up. And then if they're if they're told, hey, guess what? Uh, we were wrong about these vaccines. You got to stay home. And they've already they've already sort of mentally made up their minds that like they're ready to go out and do stuff again. I I think you'd see a lot of people, you know, even some people who are like down with all of the the uh, the the measures to hinder coronavirus, just like throwing up their hands and being like the hell with it. Yeah, I'm going to roll the dice. Forget it. I'm out. Yeah, Yeah. And and then that could lead to some some real problems. So um, so hopefully we will not get to that point. But. Uh, that that could happen. No, but I, I don't think there's. Yeah, I agree. That I, but I don't think that this is like that's not specifically a multifamily problem. I mean, no, that's an economy. Impacted, but that's that's like an economy wide yeah. problem. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Jonathan, this is always so much fun. I appreciate our conversation today. You have a wonderful week. You too. Thanks, Michael. Of course.